0: Welcome to Christian Financial Perspectives, a weekly program where we talk about ways to integrate your faith with your finances. This is Bob Barber.
1: This is Mary Jo Lyons. Are you ready to learn
0: the truth about money from a biblical perspective?
1: Join us as we discuss what God's word says about money and integrating your faith with your finances. If it's your first time listening, welcome to the program. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. Matthew
0: 6, 26 through 27. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life?
1: Today on Christian Financial Perspectives, we will be talking about taking the fear and worry out of investing.
0: Many advisors would tell you that the key to investment success is managing risk and diversifying accordingly. You can learn more about diversification on our episode number 28 titled, Diversification, What Does It Really Mean? I believe that managing your fears and worries is just as important. After all, no one likes losing sleep over worrying, especially about the markets.
1: Bob, if it were just only that easy, I don't think it's truly possible to take the fear out of investing. But we're going to talk about managing risk today, both our own individual risk and the inherent risk of your portfolio, for example. I think when we look at risk and managing that according to our own personal situation, it can really help ease that fear. But I'm not sure we're ever going to take fear completely out of investing. And rightfully slow, it is risky.
0: I, that's the truth. That's the truth. So while you're listening to our podcast, we got a very special guest that's going to be speaking with us in just a few minutes, Mitch Mitchell from Riskalyze. Mary Jo, investors—they're just more likely to fear losses than they are to celebrate the gains in their portfolios. I always see that. You know, I notice that we never seem to get the emails or phone calls as long as those investments are going up in their portfolios. But goes down for a few days or a few weeks, or they get that monthly statement, the phone rings, the emails start coming in. And you know,
1: why is that? Why do you think that is? Well, analogies are a great way to tell a little simple story, and I kind of look at it like a bee sting. We may not have ever been stung by a bee ourselves, but we know it's going to hurt. So we avoid bees. (laughs) A lot of us do the same thing with our investment portfolios, if that makes any sense.
0: It seems like we fear volatility more than anything in our investment portfolios. We think that volatility means losses. Like just because the portfolio goes up or down, I always hear people, they'll call and they'll say, I've lost this much money. I said, well, we didn't sell.
1: That's right. It's not a loss till it's on paper.
0: Exactly. And, and, you know, volatility is a natural part of investing. And I've noticed over the years, you know, the higher the volatility, the higher the possible return. The lower the volatility, the lower returns. If you don't want volatility, then go to a more conservative investment. But with lower volatility comes lower returns. It's the same way with everything else in life. You know, you notice the faster you drive down the highway the more risky it is, but we're willing to take that risk with set boundaries and arrive at our destination sooner. You know, we're going to be going to Colorado in a couple of weeks. If I drive 30 miles an hour, it's going to take me a long, long time to get there. But if I can drive 70, 75, which is a speed limit, by the way, now, not going over the speed limit, but if I can drive faster, we're going to get to that destination sooner, but there is a risk in driving faster.
1: Well, as you were talking, something came to mind. And it's the analogy that I use with clients all the time. When you're like in the grocery store and you're in one line, and you think that checker's going to be faster and you think, oh, no, they get bogged down with the price check or whatever. So you jump over to this line and then all of a sudden the same thing happens or the person forgot their wallet or whatever. And you're even further behind than you were before, before you changed lines. Same thing happens when you're driving, you're at the stoplight. You know, I think this is a guy thing, but you know, that's a whole nother podcast.
0: I think it is. I think it is. <laughs> we're to go get the right lane. That's right. <laughs>
1: You know, you're always trying to find that lane that's going to be fastest, but reality is they all get there at the same time and you're not going to improve your situation by jumping from lane to lane. And oftentimes you're going to hurt your situation. The same is true with investing. So as advisors, we talk a lot with our clients about understanding their risk tolerance. And we ask a lot of questions. We drill down to see how they're going to react in volatile markets and what kind of returns they expect on their portfolio, You know, how much downside they can stomach in a down market, what can keep them up at night. And that's how we try to figure out what's the most appropriate investment for them. In the past, we've always done this using percentages. It's made sense to us because we talk about the market in percentages. We talk about returns in percentages. It's just kind of in our DNA and how we were trained. But when it comes to our clients, I don't think those percentages actually resonate so much. It was our best guess as to what percentage of stocks and what percentage of bonds was appropriate based on how they answered our questions. But you know, I just don't think when you tell a client that they should be 60% stocks and 40% bonds, that the majority of them actually really know what that means.
0: You're right. And we've used these generalizations for a long time that if you're a young investor, you can handle more risk. And if you're retired, you don't have time to make up for losses. So you should be conservative. But that approach seems is, is now is truly outdated because it doesn't consider that each investor's personality is different as well as their tolerance for risk. Because every person's unique and they have their own emotional history, per se, and their own unique circumstances.
1: Absolutely. So in preparing for this week's podcast, I, I've been thinking a lot about risk and how it impacts our listeners And I was recently reading an article online and it came up, The more I intentionally choose peace instead of worry, the more I experience God's blessings right now.
0: Say that one more time and really (laughs) emphasize that.
1: (laughs) The more I intentionally choose peace instead of worry, the more I experience God's blessings right now. I'm trying to get my husband to see that, but he's not on board quite yet. He's a warrior.
0: <laughs> we're it, always talking about Mike. we are. Mike. One times we gotta have Mike on the program because we're always picking on him. We have the yeah. we have the Mike and everybody's going, Who is this, this Mike? Is Mike guy. <laughs> this Mike guy is a really nice guy, by the way, y'all.
1: <laughs> we're gonna have to start talking about Rachel once in a while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, But when it comes to your investments, we know a lot of our listeners, they're prone to worry. And so how can you find peace with the right mix of investments, one that allows for growth but won't keep you up at night?
0: So today we want to introduce you to a tool that's going to help you choose peace over worry when it comes to your investment, and it's called Riskalize. So remember that, Riskalize. And today we have a special guest that's going to be joining us right now, Mitch Mitchell. Hey, Mitch, that's kind of a double name, isn't it? It is, just a bit. And thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. And Mitch is a customer service manager with Riskalyze, which is a financial technology company that we use that provides software for analyzing investment risk and building and implementing investment portfolios. So welcome, Mitch. Thank you so much for having me.
1: So, Mitch, I think your title is actually a customer success manager. So, Uh, Thank you so much for (laughs) noticing that. Yes. So we all want success in our lives. What does that mean exactly?
2: A customer success manager is particularly focused on the success of the customer. Uh, I recently went to Pulse, which is the largest customer success conference in the country put on by Gainsight, which is a customer success.
1: I've read about that.
2: Yeah, Uh, that's a customer success software. And I changed my elevator pitch for Riskalyze while I was there because other customer success managers were there and they wanted to know what Riskalyze was. And I said, well, it's a customer success platform for financial advisors. And I went, oh, so they all kind of understood that. Another way to put Riskalyze is to say that it is a risk alignment tool, which is another oversimplified way of saying it that isn't quite as interesting as the whole story behind it.
1: Well, speaking of the story behind it, why don't you share that with our listeners and give us a little background on how Riskalyze was created?
2: Absolutely. So the investing world is broken, is a fairly inflammatory way to sort of start that story. And the founders of Riskalyze realized this. And the way that they realized this was it was broken for a number of reasons, one of which you've already discussed earlier. And that was when you mentioned that we sort of stereotype people based on their age But there are plenty of younger investors that watched their parents go through 2008, and they're extremely conservative, very risk-averse. And there are other folks who are already retired that you would think need to be conservative, but they'd much rather go to Vegas with their money, so to speak. And you can't really stereotype people based on their age.
1: So true.
0: So this really helps people, and how does it help them with their investing?
2: So Riskalyze was built- around some Nobel Prize winning research called prospect theory, and it won the Nobel Prize for economics back in 2002. And that was by Daniel Kahneman. And to grossly oversimplify his research, he basically walked around various cities around the world with a pocket full of $10 bills and a coin. And he would stop people and ask, hey, I would like to bet my $10 against your $10. Let's play a little game. And we can play this game as many times as you want. And we'll flip this coin. Heads, you get my $10. Tails, I get your $10. And nobody would take the bet. So we would up the ante. Okay, how about my $11 versus your $10? No one would take it. My $12 versus your $10. And bear in mind, we can play this over and over and over again. Nobody would take it. What he was able to do by repeating this is he was able to empirically... And objectively measure just how much people hate losing more than they love winning. Let me say that again. He was able to objectively and empirically measure just how much more human beings hate losing more than they love winning. And that is the kind of fear that drives people away from investing. They fear losing what they have more than they would love growing what they have.
1: Yet they go to Vegas all the time and we know the house is always going to win.
2: Absolutely. That I can explain in a much more complex study of psychology, but I don't think we have the time to go into that right now. The interesting thing about investments is that they're a little bit more long-term. People don't think of them as fun. They think of them as something that they have to do in order to succeed, but they also see the risk in the market. Now, what's interesting about the coin toss analogy was that if they just continued to play that coin toss over and over and over again, even with just a ten percent better side on Conman's part, they would continue to grow and win. Even if they lost their ten dollars, they would earn back eleven. Then they would lose ten, then earn back eleven again. Thing is, people wouldn't start taking the bet until he was putting up, on average, twenty-five of his dollars against their ten. Wow. And in that way, he was able to empirically measure that human beings hate losing two and a half times more than they love winning.
0: This is something I want. I think I might want to go try with people and see what they respond. I'm going to get me a bunch of quarters.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It's a fun experiment. He got a lot of his students to chip in on the experiment for the research as well. But I digress. The real problem here is that because people hate losing more than they love winning, they tend to make fear-based, short-term bad decisions. Never underestimate the ability of human beings to sabotage their long-term well-being based on short-term decisions that they make out of fear. So one of the ways that we help people, help advisors, is we help advisors to objectively measure empirically in the same way that Kahneman did, just how risk-averse various investors really are. So we put a score given to that client based on a risk-alized questionnaire that empirically measures just how much they're willing to risk losing in the short term in order to make sure that they can grow their investments in the long term. One pithy way that our founders have put that recently is helping investors to invest wisely for the long term, making good long-term decisions one good short-term decision at a time.
0: That's a good saying. That's a really good saying. Okay, say that one more time.
2: Helping investors make long-term good decisions, one good short-term decision at a time. I work for some very smart people. (laughs) So uh, what this questionnaire does is it helps to quantify the potential loss tolerance of the investor. I loved your speed limit analogy that you said earlier, because you are going to get to your destination a lot more quickly if you're traveling at 75 miles an hour. The risk, of course, there is if you experience a crash, ha-ha, at 75 miles an hour, it's going to hurt a lot more than if you experience a crash at 35 miles an hour. Yeah, that's right. On the other side of that same coin, however... If you're driving at 35 miles an hour, the risk that you're taking is you might not arrive at your destination on time, and you might miss the event that you're headed to.
1: I like the way that the specific numbers in the speed limit sign can help to quantify the loss. It just takes a more accurate perspective picture than an actual percentage, and people can relate better to concrete numbers rather than an abstract percentage, and I think it's really smart of risk Riskalyze to put it this way.
2: You're already beating me to my punchline. The two big problems, of course, being stereotyping and, uh, of course, being able to not objectively measure how much somebody can tolerate losing has basically inspired the very concept of the risk number, which is actually meant to look like a speed limit sign for that exact reason that you're talking about. Because imagine driving down the road and you pass a speed limit sign and it says conservative. How fast are you going to drive? Or imagine driving down the road and seeing a speed limit sign that says moderate or aggressive. (laughs) Uh, How fast are you going to drive? And if your passenger, and this analogy is your client, is their definition of conservative or aggressive going to match yours?
1: Oh, interesting.
0: We show our clients all of our different portfolios, and then it's got all the speed limit numbers to it now. And then we can break down each portfolio. We can show them the asset allocation and how all the holdings within them also have different speed limit signs to them. And you can watch their eyes just light up. They've never thought about it that way. All the aggressive growth, because, you know, our aggressive growth comes in at about 75 where our conservative comes in as low as like 25 miles an hour. You know, that's the way it looks like on the speed limit sign. So it really gives them a emotional, it's, it's emotional support to them because they do know the slower I drive, the safer I'm going to be. But I'm also not going to get to my destination as fast, just like what you said. Now, to get to these speed limit signs and where does somebody fit? In other words, where do they feel comfortable? Do they feel comfortable driving 75 or more comfortable driving 55 or 25? There's a whole lot of questions that you ask, and there's a theory behind these questions. And it's hard because the questions seem so similar as you're going through them. Can you tell me what the theory behind all these different questions is and how this works coming at a arrival of where their risk tolerance is?
2: Absolutely. So our risk questionnaire, which actually assigns that objective and empirically derived risk number to the client, actually comes from the exact same experiment that Daniel Common was running for prospect theory. And you might notice that a lot of those questions seem pretty similar, one right after the other. And that is because it's very similar to the act of flipping a coin over and over and over again. And we're asking the human brain here to really zero in objectively on where their risk tolerance really is. Risk tolerance being defined as how much risk they're willing to take on in order to achieve their goals. So the risk questionnaire sort of gives them two options of here's how much you said you were willing to risk losing. And then it will attempt to, shall I say, tempt them away from that number either by offering them more reward or the same amount of reward, but at less risk and then sort of repeat that question over and over again, trying to make sure that they can zero in from a range to a point of what their risk tolerance really is. So if it's able to tempt them to a higher amount of risk by offering more reward, they weren't really that committed to their risk aversion. And that might actually surprise them. When they see the dollars and cents of how much reward they could get by taking on more risk, you might find out that they're actually much more risk-tolerant than they initially thought. They were only thinking about the risk before, they weren't thinking about the long-term rewards. Conversely, if they decide to take on the same amount of reward, but they say, oh, I can get that same amount of reward, but at less risk, then it turns out they might be even more risk-averse than they initially thought, and they were actually only looking at the potential upside that they were going for. They were more goals-oriented, then they were risk-oriented. And that could have been very dangerous for them in the long run if they had experienced more loss than they expected. And that's dangerous for everybody involved in that relationship. So this particular questionnaire really zeroes in on what their true risk tolerance is and then assigns to them an objective risk number that sets the speed limit for the advisor so that they can, get this, assign a portfolio to that particular client that is measured in the exact same way and matches their speed limit
0: without exceeding it,
2: point for point.
0: What we're talking about is you take this test. It's just like about, what is it, five? The simple one, I think, it's five questions. Is that the total? If
2: you tried really hard, you could probably stretch it out to 10 minutes long. Yeah, exactly.
0: And, and by the way, if you'd like to take that risk test, we're putting a link on the Christian Financial Perspectives website. And you can go to Christian Financial Podcast and go to today's episode called Riskalyze, and you'll see a link to take that test for your risk. We have that test that we do with our clients here at CIS Wealth Management Group, and then we have the portfolio that they've picked in the past. And you'll see the portfolio, like it might say the risk is 64, but their risk level may come in at 70, which means they could handle a little bit more risk. Or 64, maybe their risk test comes in at 50, which means we need to lower the amount of risk in the portfolio. And it's interesting, Mitch and Mary Jo, in that the longer we have bull markets, everybody always wants to have more risk in a bull market. But once the bear market starts, you can see everybody's risk go down. Oh, yes. And
2: that is, unfortunately, the very reason as to why so many investors just completely shoot themselves in the foot and really damage their own future is based on fear, those same short-term fear-based decisions. we've noticed, psychologically speaking, that investors will, by no fault of their own, their psychology will play tricks on them, and they will buy high and sell low and repeat until they're broke. (laughs) <laughs> so that's a lot of the fear that drives it. But that's exactly why Riskalyze was made is people will sabotage their own future based on fear. But Riskalyze helps them to understand the risks of their portfolio and understand what their own risk tolerance is and then make sure that they are invested in a portfolio that they can be comfortable with for the long term. If they understand the risk they're taking on, it's not as scary anymore. And that empowers them to stay invested even when the market has a downturn, and make sure that they can achieve their goals for the long term.
0: But when a market's been up for a long, long time, Mitch, they all want to be aggressive. But when you take this risk score, it shows them how much it can go down, especially in a 2008 or like a 2000 type.
2: Absolutely. And playing those what-if games with clients is a tricky business, and it's especially difficult to do so objectively. But that's another thing that Riskalyze can help with. There are various features of Riskalyze like our stress tests feature, which allows them to compare the current portfolio or a proposal to basically the market environments of 2008 or 2013 and say, what would this portfolio do if another 2008 happened? If a portfolio has a risk number in the 30s or 40s, it's not invested near as aggressively as, say, the S&P 500 or a similar portfolio to that. And it cuts down on a lot of panicked phone calls if all of a sudden the market experiences a downturn. If your client calls up and says, oh my goodness, you know the, the market is down however many points, are we gonna be okay? You can say, yes, we talked about this. I showed you the stress test. I showed you that your portfolio has a risk number in the 40s where the S&P 500 has a risk number in the 70s. And lo and behold, you're not going to lose near as much money as the rest of the market. And when it has an, another upturn, you're going to be right back on track, having lost very little compared to the rest of the market.
1: So Mitch, Riskalyze has the ability to model scenarios. Is that what you were describing, or does it do that differently? How does that feature work?
2: That is a separate feature, actually. Uh, Scenarios is a beautiful feature as well. That's another what-if game that you can play. The stress tests is more future-looking. It compares the portfolio's current, basically, health history, going all the way back to what it would happen if another 2008 market were to happen again. Scenarios is rear-facing, but if you look back, you can choose specific dates and see what your particular portfolio's performance would have been during those dates or actually was during those dates, and then compare that to other significant market environments. Say, for example, if oil experienced a huge downturn, you could come up with a pretty good argument as to what your particular portfolio would do if oil
0: tanked. So when reviewing a client's portfolio for its current risk level using Riskalyze, there's a heat map approach. What does this heat map do?
2: That is one of my absolute favorite visuals in Riskalyze. And the first thing that everybody notices is a bunch of red and green bars appear on the screen. But I like to direct their attention to the left side of the screen, where all of a sudden it assigns, an individual risk number to every single investment in the portfolio. But after that, it shows basically a 95% probability range for every single investment, that's the red and green bars, that scales based on the percent allocation and the actual volatility of that investment. The more volatile, the higher the risk number and the wider the red and green bars, but it's also weighted for the percent allocation of that particular holding. But that's not the best part of that feature. The best part is actually the yellow bar, which will be found over on the far end of the red bar. And that represents diversification, which you were talking about before. And there's some complex math going under the hood of Risk Riskalyze that we call the anti-correlation coefficient
0: matrix, which is so much fun to say. It makes me sense <laughs> so Oh, yeah, boy. But, you know, and we just lost somebody on that one.
2: <laughs> well, I'm actually a theater kid that uh, spent some time working in medicine, and now I'm in finance technology. So if I can learn it, anybody can Any client, whether they're an artist or a writer or otherwise, can learn what anti-correlation coefficient matrix means and what that means for diversification. Basically, we take mathematical correlation of when this holding goes up, the other holding goes up, and when this holding goes up, the other one goes down. When they move against each other like that, that's inverse correlation or anti-correlation. And we can assign a coefficient to measure just how differently they move. And when they move opposite one another, that's actually good. That actually creates sort of an inverse movement in your portfolio, minimizing the risk. So you can have an extremely mathematically efficient portfolio that maximizes the reward and minimizes the risk through diversification. And that yellow bar shrinks the size of the red bar, which basically shows how much risk has been minimized. That red bar would have stretched all the way to the left side of the yellow bar, but now it doesn't, which is why you can have portfolios that have significantly higher rewards then they have risks in that 95% probability
0: range. And this is why we want you to get online and go take this test. And then we can show you all this in color. Once you see it in color, it makes a big difference. And you're just hearing it now. But to see it really makes you come alive. Because I will tell you, this is one of the most exciting things that we've done in my 25 plus years of investing. This Riskalyze is really helping our clients to understand The risk of the different portfolio overall and the different risk of the investments actually that make up the portfolio. And, you know, this really comes down to what we call behavioral finance, because it's helping you to take the emotions out of making your decisions and replacing that with logic. Behavioral finance is actually, it's the study of the influence of psychology and the behavior on investors. And it really can affect how the markets react as well. It focuses on the fact that investors are not always rational and they have limits to their self-control and they can be influenced by their own biases. So I've heard the saying for years that the markets can be irrational a lot longer than we as humans can be rational. Mm.
1: You know, we did an entire podcast on this. In fact, it was episode 13 on the emotional investor. And you can find this in the library of previous episodes on christianfinancialpodcast.com. So Mitch, how does Riskalyze address or handle this emotional behavior we've been talking about of the individual investor?
2: Well, the emotions play an extremely powerful role into the decision-making process for all human beings. Our limbic system is largely controlled by our frontal lobe, but I don't know if you guys have sons or teenagers that might have experienced a slightly longer development of the 26 <laughs> years to get that frontal lobe. yes, yeah. <laughs> my uh, has I has three daughters, so he's
1: pretty familiar yeah, with exactly. it. <laughs> yeah, my,
2: my dear mother used to rub my forehead and say, when you're 26, boy, when you're 26... <laughs> So, but um, it it certainly is important to understand just how powerful emotions are on our decision-making process. But when we understand our emotions, when we understand what we're afraid of, when we understand our fears, suddenly they don't have as much power over us. And that is what is the real magic of Riskalyze, is helping investors to understand what their fears are and then to understand their investments in a way That helps them to understand the risk that they're taking on. In the parable of the talents that, you know, Jesus actually talked about, we see, you know, the 10 talents and the five talents, but which one of the servants was the one that the master rebuked? The one who went and buried that talent. Right, The one with the one talent. (laughs) Exactly. But what was the solution that the master said? He said, you should have invested it. But why? Grown it. Exactly. Why did that servant not invest that one talent? He was scared. He
1: was afraid to lose it.
2: Exactly. Yeah. But we cannot let fear hold us back mm-hmm. from being good stewards of not just money, but our lives and the lives around us and the legacies that we pass on. That's right. So if risk Riskalyze helps you to understand what you're afraid of, which is the risk of losing it and the likelihood of it, and can help you make the most well-informed decision possible about what kind of investments you should be investing in. It can truly help you to grow what you have and be a good steward of that. And that is really what Risk Riskalyze is all about, is empowering the world to invest fearlessly. Not empowering the world to invest well. If you invest fearlessly, that's a given. Awesome. Yeah, man, that's, that's what I uh, said.
1: Amen. <laughs> that's what we're trying to really help our clients with. This is a fairly new tool for us, and we've become very, very excited about it. And Bob, I know that you have some favorite features that you've worked with clients recently. You want to talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, there's basically three things that I really like what I'm seeing is they can see in real numbers, not just percentages, the amount their portfolio could decline in a down or bear market. Because you know Mary Jo, they'll say, "Well, I'm good with being down three percent or four percent." Well, we had a client the other day. He's got two point one million, and you know, being down four percent is down eighty thousand, and and that just blew his mind. It freaked him out. So he can't even tolerate being down four percent. But you know, somebody with twenty thousand four percent would be eight hundred dollars. So there's a big difference in the higher those numbers get, and that's what I'm really seeing is that when people take this risk test, depending on how much money they have, they realize dollar amounts. That's making a big, big difference. They truly gain an understanding of the monetary risk, not just a percentage risk with all the different kinds of portfolios they can choose, whether it's from ultra conservative to conservative to moderate to growth to aggressive growth. And they know how that risk plays or doesn't have to play into meeting their financial goals.
1: We're just so excited to have this tool. We feel like it's a real blessing to us it really helps us address this ongoing challenge that we've always had with clients and making sure we are targeting the appropriate risk tolerance. And the more this market continues to be volatile, the more that is so important. So as we wrap up today's show, I wanted to share the real advantage to managing risk this way. It allows you to stay invested, to follow your advisor's advice and avoid emotional reactions to market volatility. And when we do this, investors are far more likely to achieve their long-term goals to buy low and sell high instead of buying high and selling low.
0: So as we come to the end of the day's podcast, Mitch, I want to thank you for your time and being on Christian Financial Perspectives and telling us all the ins and outs and how Risk Riskalyze was developed and how it can help people so much when it comes to investing. Thank you, Mitch.
2: Well, oh, thanks so much for having me. I had a blast.
0: Here's a couple of questions I want to ask you as we come to the end. Do you know what your risk score is? Do yes, you know- in fact. Mine is yeah. a 53? <laughs> oh, okay. Yours is a 50. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That question wasn't directed at me. That was at your Mine listeners. We'll be the fourth chair <laughs> in the room. <laughs> well, okay. So yours is a fifty-three. Mary Jones is a seventy-four. Mine's a eighty-eight. <laughs> Oh, wow. So, and I think Nathaniel's in here is even higher, but been in this business over 35 years and I've been through all these ups and downs and I realized so many times it's just volatility. So I've learned to take it. That's probably why my risk score is higher because I've seen it all. But do you know the actual risks of what your actual investments are and how they compare it? Is it in line with what your goals are? And if you'd like to learn more, give Mary Jo or I a call at CIS Wealth Management Group today. And we're also including the link on Christian Financial Perspectives, our podcast website, which is christianfinancialpodcast.com. And you can take that risk Riskalyze test or you can go to our CIS Wealth Management website as well. We'll have both of the links off of those websites that you can take that test. And we would encourage all of you that are investors to learn what your risk number is. And that's going to do it today for Christian Financial Perspectives as we finish up on risk-alize. You are listening to Christian Financial Perspectives. Join us next week as we explore what God's Word says about money. And don't forget, you can sign up for our free newsletter at ciswealth.com or give us a call at 877-71-TRUTH. That's 877-718-7884. To make sure you don't miss any of our podcasts regarding the truth about money, be sure to subscribe to Christian Financial Perspectives at christianfinancialpodcast.com for free. If there are any specific topics you would like to hear more about, we'd love to hear from you.
1: That's all for now. Until next week. Asset allocation, which is driven by complex mathematical models, should not be confused with a much simpler concept of diversification. Asset allocation mitigates risk. It does not guarantee future performance. A diversified portfolio does not assure a profit or protect against loss in a declining market. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will be successful.
0: Mitch Mitchell and allies are not affiliated with CIS Wealth Management Group.
1: Comments from today's show are for informational purposes only and not to be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any company that may have been mentioned or discussed. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host, Bob Barber and Mary Jo Lyons. Bob and Mary Jo do not provide tax advice and encourage you to seek guidance from a tax professional. Investment Advisory Services offered through Christian Investment Advisors, Inc., DPA CIS
0: Wealth Management Group, a registered investment advisor.